Amen. You guys can have a seat. Uh, good morning. My name's Norton. I'm one of the pastors uh, here at New Denver Church. A couple weeks ago, I went backpacking in southern Utah, specifically in the Grand Staircase Escalante National Monument. And I want to show you a few pictures. Uh, what makes this area so unique is there's very few trails um, and not many people that uh, are there. And so for the entire time, I was mostly off trail hiking um, in all sorts of different terrain uh, over these massive slick rock mountains. We'd go up and over them and then down in canyons and through forests and um, through lots of rivers. We just hiked right through the river because uh, the, the weather was nice and that was the easiest way to get through those canyons oftentimes. And for about six days, um, I was with a, a group of other people, but outside of our group, we did not see another single person. Um, and it felt like we were in this sacred uh, wilderness area that had been mostly unspoiled by any kind of, of human use or at least modern human use. And we wanted to keep it that way. And so uh, we were very careful with leave no trace principles. If you're familiar with that, just being careful with the way you camp and where you camp. There weren't spots anywhere. We just uh, camped in places, but tried to take care of wherever we camped. And then um, there's also this special soil there. It's called cryptobiotic soil. Uh, it's really important to the high desert uh, ecosystem. And so we were very careful whenever we hiked through an area that had this um, soil crust, this cryptobiotic soil, uh, not to trample over it um, or harm it. And if we had to walk through it, we would even walk in each other's footsteps um, just to be careful there. And then we found these petroglyphs and pictographs and uh, arrowheads and pottery shards um, in various places uh, from Native American use. And, um, and we just marveled at them. I mean, it was just amazing finding these things back in these canyons where hardly anyone else w would go today. Um, and then we left them there because th that's really where they belonged. Um, and so overall, it was just this amazing trip. And I really, really, uh, we enjoyed ourselves there. But as we did, as we backpacked and spent our time there, we also honored the land and respected the land and tried to take care of the land because I realized as a follower of Jesus, God created this land, right? And I want to honor and take care of something that he created. Um, there were also, also uh, historical artifacts there, and I wanted to honor um, that history and the people who had been there before. Um, and of course, it was a unique ecosystem and environment. And so um, I wanted to support uh, the life of this environment and this ecosystem, not, not hurt it or harm it or destroy it. Um, and so for all those reasons, for me, it just felt like this sacred place and we were there, and part of our role was to take care of this place while we were there. Well, today, we're wrapping up this series, and the series is called Sacred Soma. Um, if you've been here, you know this word soma is the Greek word for body. And here's what we've been talking about for six weeks, that our bodies, our literal physical bodies, are sacred as well. Our bodies were made by God. They were given to us as gifts from God. In fact, Paul even says that our bodies are like a sacred temple and it's where God himself lives. And so we too need to honor our bodies. We need to cherish them. We need to take care of them. Because 
Your body is sacred. And we've talked about lots of different things over the course of the series, and I want to give you one more phrase to sort of take with you today, one thing to stick in your mind and to remember, and it's this. Your body is worth it. Your body is worth it. Because if you think about it, if God made your body, and God loves your body, and God actually lives inside of your body, and if your body is sacred and it's good, and one day God is going to take the, the broken things in your body, the things that have fallen apart or aren't working so well in your body, and he's actually going to restore and redeem those things one day, if it's worth it to God to do that, then your body is also worth it to you to take care of. So we've spent several weeks sort of looking, and even last week we dug deep into some very theological passages that Paul wrote to try to get a perspective of how we should view our bodies, how God sees our bodies, and hopefully it's helped you think about things differently. But today I want to wrap up by getting very, very practical. And if you haven't been here, by the way, maybe you're visiting today or this is the first time, you're coming in at the very conclusion, you can always go back to our website and listen to the previous messages in the series, but... Um, You won't feel too lost today, but today I'm just going to really give you a whole lot of practical tips about how we can take these truths about who we are in our physical bodies and actually live them out. I've offered some suggestions along the way. Um, A couple weeks ago we talked about sexuality, right? Because our sexuality is a very physical bodily part of who we are, and we talked a little bit about that. But as I said, for the most part, We've been up here thinking about our bodies and how God sees our bodies. And so today, I want to give you seven practices, seven practices for your body, seven practices for loving or taking care of your body, for honoring your body. Or as Paul says, he writes in one part, honoring God with your body physical body. And I encourage you to write these down. If you have a pen and paper, I know we don't usually bring pen and paper to church, but if you happen to have it, write these down today. Um, Maybe jot notes. You can go back and listen to this tomorrow when you do have time to actually write down these seven things. And then I encourage you uh, at lunch today, right, when you're hanging out with somebody or maybe later today, say, hey, which of those things kind of struck a chord with you? Um, what's one of the seven things that, that, that really seems like something you want to focus on? Because I'm not, you know, there might be some of these things I mentioned today that you're already doing. Um, some of them might feel very new, but there might just be one or two or three of them where you feel like you need to give a little bit more attention uh, to these practices. And I've intentionally called them practices because a practice is something you do. What we know is, Um, when you begin to think about something new, that doesn't necessarily transform you. Transformation happens when you actually begin to do something, when you begin to live something out and you put consistent habits and practices and disciplines in your life. So with all that in mind, let's jump in and let me uh, wrap up with seven practices for your body. Here's number one. Protect your eyes. Protect your eyes. Each part of our body is important and unique, um, but there's one part of our body, our eyes, that has something especially significant about it. I want to read you just a couple of things that Jesus says about this. Look at what he says. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body, that's that Greek word soma, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body 
will be full of darkness. Now, what does he mean there? I'm not sure he's talking about going to the doctor or getting reading glasses, right, as I just recently had to do because my eyes are getting old. Um, I think he's talking about something even bigger here. He's basically saying, look, what you look at, what you see, what enters into your mind and your thoughts, what enters into your body when you gaze at things, what you give your attention and your focus to is really, really important. What you give your attention and focus to, it actually shapes and affects and influences your entire physical body. And so we need to ask the question, what do I need to give my focus and attention to? What do I already? Like if you went through each of your days, if you went through the past week, where did you give most of your time and attention, your visual attention to? What did you look at the most? Now, if we're honest, right, we have to talk a little bit about media consumption because for the most part, we look at a lot of media, whether it's on our laptops or our computer screens or a tablet, right, or maybe just our phone. We consume a lot of media, and what we're learning more and more is that the amount of media that we consume and the things that we look at are actually doing damage to our physical bodies, Rates of stress, anxiety, depression, fear, loneliness, and obesity have increased significantly over the last decade. And media consumption, what we look at with our eyes, plays a significant role in every single one of those things. And so if we want to take care of our physical bodies, If we want to address the anxiety that we feel or the loneliness that we feel or that sense that I'm not a part of something and things are happening out there and that brings anxiety or stress into my life, if we want to take care of our bodies, we'll simply ask the question, do my viewing habits need to change? Do I need to think about them a little bit more intentionally? Is it possible that the things that I'm looking at all the time are actually not always helping me, but sometimes they're really hurting or harming me. Uh, One simple practice I'll just suggest this morning, it's not to throw away your phone or get rid of your, your, your computer, right? They're really helpful devices and we need them in our world. But one simple practice would be to find blocks of time each day where you're not actually looking at a screen, where you're not just gazing into a computer screen or into your phone screen. For some people, they do it at the beginning and the end of the day. Like, what does it look like to say the first 30 minutes and the last 30 minutes of every day? I'm just not gonna look at a screen. I'm gonna wake up and think and do other things, and when I go to sleep at night, I'm just, or maybe it's during meals. Some people do this, where during meals, I'm just not gonna focus on a screen. I'm gonna, whether I'm with other people, I'm gonna engage with them, or even if I'm by myself, I'm just gonna be present with the food that I'm eating and not, giving my attention elsewhere. Or a lot of people just take an hour or two every afternoon or every evening and say, we're just gonna have some some no screen time at that point, and uh, we'll do other things, or I'll do other things, or I'll find other things to occupy my time, or I'll be more active, but I'm just gonna have some set-aside times each day, just some important blocks of time where I begin to focus my attention and my eyes and my gaze on other things. So that's number one. You can experiment with all kinds of ideas, other ideas, but protect your eyes. Here's number two. 
uh, do something active every day. Now that sounds kind of obvious, and it seems really obvious, right? That would be good for your body, but it's not obvious, and not a lot of us actually do this. And what body researchers and uh, psychologists are learning is that when we do certain things in our bodies that are active, it's not just about burning calories and it's not just about strengthening our muscles. Rather, whenever you do something active in your body, and that can be uh, playing sports, that can be exercising, that can be just walking around the neighborhood, that can be dancing to music in your kitchen, right? That can be doing something creative, whether it's something artistic or some sort of uh, crafty or creative endeavor. When we do these sorts of things, we actually feel strong in our bodies, We feel like we're doing what our bodies were made to do. We experience strength in our bodies. And when we feel strong in our bodies, we tend to love and care for and honor and respect our bodies a whole lot more. Do you know when you feel weak in your body? It's probably when I feel weak in my body. It's when I lay on the couch all afternoon. Or it's when I sit behind a desk staring at a computer screen all day and I've really done nothing else. It's when I don't do anything active. It's when I'm transfixed to some sort of media. It's when I don't do anything creative. And so the question for you and I is, are you actively doing things in your schedule that are either active, that promote movement, or some sort of creativity that help you feel strong in your body? You don't even have to be good at sports. You know, find a sport or find something that you could do that you just do for fun. It's not because you want to be competitive or you want to grow in that skill, right? You might find a creative endeavor where you just spend some time each day doing something that you enjoy doing. If you like to dance, tell Alexa to turn the music up, right? And for 15 or 20 minutes every day, just dance around your house. But find things that help you move and feel strong in your body. Here's number three. Uh, Practice mindfulness in your body. Practice mindfulness. Um, Mindfulness is a bit of a buzzword uh, right now, but it's a pretty simple idea. It just means aligning what your mind is thinking with what you're actually doing in your body. We like to use the word here, uh, presence. Being present where you are with what you're actually doing. That's mindfulness. Here's how one psychologist describes this practice. She writes this, doing something mindfully means that instead of your mind being elsewhere, it's present with what you're doing at the moment, observing, aware, but never judgmental. So when you go on a hike or you go swimming together with your girlfriends or a daughter, she wrote this book to women, um, instead of thinking and talking the entire time about how many calories you've burned, practice enjoying the experience of moving through space and time over and around objects. When you're lying in bed at the end of the day, thank yourself, and in particular the muscles and joints that make up who you are for cooperating together so that you could be who you wanted to be today. Even the ache in your body after a long day can be something you respond to with gratitude. For the ache is a sign of who you are, what you did, where you went, and what it is like for you to be you. So here's just a couple of practical suggestions for how to practice mindfulness in your body. Maybe it's doing what she said and spending one minute every night as you lay in bed before you fall asleep 
and just thanking your body like for the things that it provided for you to do that day. Maybe thanking your specific muscles and joints and thanking God. God, thank you for giving me these abilities. My body doesn't always work the way I want it to, but today I was able to do this. Thank you, God, for allowing me to do that. And then when you are able to do something active, when you go on a walk or you go on a hike or you play sports or you do something creative, try to limit your media consumption while you're doing that. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Uh, You don't have to listen to a podcast every time you go walking, or you don't have to have your phone nearby every time you're out and about doing something and checking to see whether somebody's texted you or not. Try to be mindful and be present in the places you are when you're doing something active in your body. All right, here's number four for taking care of your body. Feed yourself well. Feed yourself well. Um, I don't know that I need to explain this one that much except to say how significant food and nourishment is to our overall bodily health. And the truth is, some of us have poor eating habits. Uh, Some of us have struggled with eating disorders. Uh, Some of us have moved from diet plan to diet plan, trying to find that magic solution that'll help us lose the weight we want to lose. And I don't have a solution for you today except to say that the kind of food we eat and how we eat it and how we think about our food and how we think about our bodies and food is a spiritual issue. It's a spiritual issue. It's not something that we don't think about when we're in church. We just talk about God and faith here. It's actually a spiritual issue because you are important to God and your body is important to God and your health as a human being and your wholeness is important to God. In fact, do you know how much the Bible talks about food and fasting and feasting and all those topics? We did an interesting sermon series here uh, last year where we read through the book of Leviticus together, and I was just amazed as I read through it how much is in the book of Leviticus about food and our bodies and what kind of food we eat and our relationship between food and ourselves and the animals and the land and all of those sorts of things. And it's almost as if God is saying over and over and over, look, your body and the food that you eat and your relationship to it, it's really important to who you are. And I want you to take care of your body. And I want you to experience wholeness in your body. And if you're gonna experience wholeness, you're gonna have to figure out how to feed and nourish yourself well. And if that means doing research on this, then you need to do some research. If it means reading some books, you know, go read some books. Uh, Michael Pollan wrote a book called In Defense of Food. It's a great place to start if you want to start thinking about this. If it means meeting with a therapist to sort through some issues related to food, then go for it. Meet with a therapist. If it means establishing some ongoing and consistent practices as it relates to food, then you need to do that as well. Here's the deal. Uh, Your desire for food is healthy. And it's good. Hunger pains are good. And fulfilling or satisfying hunger is a good thing. It's how God wired us to live. The problem is we've just learned to satisfy our hunger needs in some really unhealthy ways. And we need to unlearn some of those ways and learn some new ones. 
So number four is feed yourself well. Here's number five. Uh, Discharge stress bodily. Discharge stress bodily. Let me explain this. Uh, We all have stress in our lives, right? Right? You have stress in your life, right? If you're in middle school or high school, you have stress in your life. Uh, If you work in any kind of workplace, and a lot of us have been home, and that's created new kinds of stress over the last year, right? But if you work in a workplace, you have stress. There's people you work with that maybe you don't get along with. There's expectations and responsibilities placed on you. We have family stress. We have relational stress. There's stress at home. Some of us carry a lot of financial stress, trying to get out of debt, right? And of course, uh, there's health issue stress. Now we have pandemic stress. Um, We have access 24-7 to what's happening in everyone else's lives, so now we have access to their stress. We have access 24-7 to all of the tragedies and horrible things that are happening everywhere else in the world. We carry way more stress today than people did even 10 or 20 years ago. And we know that physiologically, we carry this stress in our actual bodies. Stress makes us lose sleep, right? Some of us know that. Stress makes us have poor eating habits. Stress can give us headaches. Some of us have experienced that. Stress can mess with our digestive system, our immune system, our cardiovascular system, our mental health, right? I could go on and on. We sort of know this, and there's really two things we can do. If we have a whole lot of stress, the first thing we need to do is just identify the source of that, like what's causing the stress, and deal with that. But even for normal sort of everyday ordinary stress, the second thing we can do is discharge that stress in our bodies. And all kinds of experts have figured out there's some really specific ways you can discharge stress in your bodies. Here's how you can do it. Rest. How simple is that? To make it a practice every week to simply take some time to rest from all that you're doing. The Bible has a really fancy word for this. It's called Sabbath. (laughs) It's literally this concept that shows up all throughout the Bible where God says, hey, work is good. Do work for six days a week. And one day a week, you need to rest from your work. I did it. I made the world in six days, and then I rested. You need to rest and enjoy your life. One day a week, say no to productivity and to emails and to work obligations and to anything that brings stress in your life. And one day a week, find a way to rest. We can engage nature. When we go out and engage nature, that's been shown to help us let go of stress movement, right? Exercise, yoga, things like that. I started doing yoga seven years ago, and I can't tell you how much it helped me to let go of some things that I didn't even realize I was carrying. Uh, Touch, physical touch from other people, which has been hard in sort of social distancing world, but physical touch has been shown when somebody comes up and gives you a hug, when they sit down next to you, when they put their hand on your shoulder. This bodily connection in some deep way tells us, I'm not alone. I'm not carrying this by myself, and it helps us to let go of stress. Creativity has been shown to do that, whether it's creating artwork or music or meals, 
or furniture or calligraphy, like you name it. When we're creative, it doesn't matter. The simple act of creating something outside of ourselves begins to discharge stress. And then, of course, just playing, right? Playing with friends, playing games with family members, sports, dance, right? Wrestling on the ground, just playing games. All of these things discharge stress from our bodies. And do you see a pattern here? When you move regularly in these ways, it not only helps you feel strong in your body, but it also helps you to let go of some of the things that you're carrying. And if you're someone who has stress in your life, and that's probably every single one of us right now, then I would ask the question, are any of these things a consistent practice in my life? What would it look like to have one day a week that's like a Sabbath? where I genuinely rest from all the other things I'm doing? What would it look like to have a schedule where I'm going to say I'm going I'm to exercise for three days a week, whatever that is? Or I'm going to go for a walk after dinner every night for 15 minutes? Or on Saturday mornings, I'm going to engage something in nature, whatever that is, whether that's going to a park or going hiking in the mountain. Or on Sunday afternoons, I'm going to work on a hobby. I'm going to do that creative thing that I say I never have time for. Well, I'm going to make time because it's important for my overall bodily health. We need to make some of these things regular practices in our lives. All right, number six, let's move on, is be comfortable with physical changes. Be comfortable with physical changes. Here's what this means. Over the course of your life, and some of us who are older can definitely raise our hands and begin to share here, you're going to have numerous seasons where your body just changes. And it can be unsettling. It can be scary. It can just be strange to be in a new season. Here's Let me just give you a list of a few of the age-related changes that happen over the course of our lives. Of course, um, there's puberty and understanding our sexuality. That can be a hard and scary and, and weird change, especially for young girls who actually have bodily changes that they're feeling and they don't always understand. Changes in metabolism, right? The things you could eat as a kid or a teenager when you get older, you can't eat anymore, or you can eat. There's just more severe consequences, Loss of physical skill and endurance. There's just things we can do as a kid or a teenager or even in your 20s that when you get to your 30s and your 40s and your 50s, you realize, I just can't do that anymore or not in the same way. Pregnancy and child rearing. I mean, how much does a woman's body change when she gets pregnant and has a child? I don't actually know. I've been told it's a significant change, right? It's a big deal, and I know it's not always easy. Uh, Gray hair and wrinkles, right? Menopause, increased physical ailments, reading glasses, right? All of these things are a part of life. And the point of this practice is to simply be aware that these things are a point of life and to learn how to be comfortable with them. That doesn't mean they're always easy. That doesn't mean there's not things that happen in our bodies that sometimes it's very appropriate to grieve and to lament. But also somehow we have to see these changes for what they are and recognize that they're going to be incorporated into our lives and figure out how do we make these changes part of our stories. 
So here's one practice for doing this every year, um, is to just do an assessment. And maybe it's at the very end of the year, you know, December 31st. Uh, a good time to do it is maybe to do a health checkup with your doctor every year. And when you're coming home from that health checkup, when you get home, take 30 minutes or an hour by yourself, maybe even take a journal or a piece of paper and begin to reflect on how is my body different this year than it was last year? What has changed? And God, will you help me figure out how to accept these changes? And what does it look like to move forward into a new year and to pursue health and wholeness in light of a new season of living in my body. So that's number six. Here's number seven and the final one. Repent of pride and laziness. Repent of pride and laziness. This is an important one, and it's why I saved it for last. These are the top two reasons that most of us don't take care of our bodies very well. It's pride and laziness. Uh, Pride says... I don't need to exercise. I'll be fine, right? I don't need to eat better. I'm fine. I don't need to get a flu shot this year. I'll be fine. I don't need to go to the doctor or the dentist this year. I'll be fine. But pride deep down says, it's my body and I know how to take care of it and I know what to do, so don't tell me what to do with my body. The other reason that we don't take care of our bodies is simple laziness. Laziness says, I don't want to exercise. You see the difference? Pride is, I don't need to exercise. Laziness is like, I just don't want to exercise. I don't really want to eat better. I don't want to drive to the clinic and get a flu shot. I don't want to go to the doctor again this year. And I'll be the first to admit that I'm this way all of the time, right? There's plenty of days where I don't feel like moving or exercising or doing something. Um, There's plenty of days where I don't feel like getting up early. There's plenty of food choices that I make that are not great, and I make them on purpose, right? Uh, There's plenty of times that I think, do I really want to go to the doctor or the dentist again this year? Not really. I just don't feel like it. And when it comes down to that, what do I feel like doing? Or what do I want to do? Or what's convenient? Or what's going to be easy? What fits into my schedule well? Then laziness or pride is usually going to win out. Right? I don't want to do it, and I just don't need to. But what if I could see that taking care of my body is a deeply spiritual practice? What if I could begin to see my body the way that God sees my body? What if I could see that it's the only body I have? It's the only one that was given to me, and that it's precious to him, and it should be precious to me, and that yes, it's fragile, and so I need to take care of it, and it needs attention, and that's one of the most important things that I could give my time and attention to, is taking care of myself. And if I saw myself that way, then I would be able to really just take my pride and laziness and call it for what it is. And on those moments and in those days, you say, you know what, that's actually kind of being stubborn and prideful. Or you know what, I don't feel like doing it, but that's just laziness. I just need to go do it because it's important to take care of who I am. Uh, When I was driving to southern Utah, 
a few weeks ago to go backpacking, I passed by Moab. Um, Many of you have probably been to Moab. It's an amazing place. And I saw this uh, sign on the highway all along the way to get to Moab. Um, Recreate responsibly in Moab. Because if you've ever been there, you know that tons of people love to go to Moab. It's a really cool place to go hiking. It's an amazing place to go mountain biking or jeeping or doing all sorts of cool off-road stuff. There's two national parks there that you can see. And uh, it's just a really cool place. And it's beautiful. I mean, the land is just unique. But because of all the people going there for recreation, there's always the danger that it will get overused that it'll get trampled, that it'll be abused and neglected. And I love the three words on the right side of this sign, respect, protect, and preserve. And that should be our attitudes towards our bodies as well. Respect and protect and preserve. Because your body is worth it. God made your body and he gave it to you. And he gave you as a gift to all of us. You're the only one of you that's in this world. You're the only version of you that we have in our community and in this world. And we need the best version of you. We need a healthy and a whole version of you. We need a version of you that actually takes care of you and sees yourself as being worth it. So respect, protect, and preserve your body. Why? Because we need you to, and because you're worth it. Let me pray for us, and then we'll wrap up. God, we do thank you uh, for giving us these amazing bodies, and and, um, I just pray for every single person in here today, or those that are watching online that couldn't be here in person Um, If there's one of these practices that has surfaced as something that we need to give attention to, maybe your spirit has just gently whispered something in our hearts or in our ears, Um, would you give us the confidence and courage to give some focus and some time and some attention to it? Would you help us to make good choices about what we eat and what we do and how we live and how we think about our bodies? Would you help us to honor others and their bodies? And ultimately, would you help us to honor you and what you gave us? We pray all of this in your name. Amen.